0: The Automotive News Europe podcast is brought to you by DECO, a leading global manufacturer of propulsion products and drive systems for automotive, heavy-duty, and industrial applications since 1905. We provide innovative solutions for all our customers' current and future mobility challenges.
1: Hello and welcome to the Automotive News Europe podcast for September 2nd, 2021. I'm your host, Doug Baldock, Managing Editor at a We're happy to be back from our summer break and ready to resume our weekly conversations with the biggest names in the automotive industry, and we're thrilled that you're tuning in. Vitesco Technologies is just days away from finally becoming a publicly traded company after having to postpone the move temporarily because of the pandemic. The former powertrain arm of mega supplier Continental is using the remaining time to show investors some of its key future products. One of them, its fourth generation electric axle, has already won orders, Vitesco CEO Andreas Wolf said. He is grateful for the positive momentum which comes despite ongoing challenges such as the pandemic and the chip shortage. Wolf However, has one additional concern, which is making sure Vitesco takes full advantage of this huge moment. Hi, Andreas. Thanks so much for joining us today for the Automotive News Europe podcast.
2: You're welcome. It's always a pleasure to meet you.
1: It's great to resume a conversation we had just a few months ago, but so much is uh, changing in this industry all the time. And I'd like to ask you right off the bat, where is Vitesco in its journey to becoming a listed company?
2: Yeah, I, I could say it's the final sprint now. So all necessary steps from authorities, et cetera, are done or will be done in a couple of days. And now we look with, uh, with ever increasing interest how the first uh, listing day will, will run. So it's only a couple of days away from us.
1: And what has Vitesco done or been doing in the last few months to perhaps create just a little bit more interest from your potential investors?
2: Now, we have seen a lot of investors, and what we do is we show our products. We physically show our products. We show them our fourth generation of the electric axle. We have shown also what we are doing on the inverter side, also the fourth generation um, already, and, and, and they are happy to see that we were able to, to move into the direction also of modularity. So, not all products developed from scratch, but taking the same generic base and then making customer applications. And I'm really happy that we already got orders for this fourth generation inverter, inverter for the fourth generation electric axle, so that all moves into the right direction.
1: When you say the word orders, I automatically have to ask the follow-up question as to whether or not you might be able to give us a hint on who these orders came from. Maybe they wake up in Europe or they wake up in America or in Asia?
2: Yeah, as you know, uh, we can't disclose the, the name of our customers. We need an official OK and for this specific orders. We don't have it yet, but uh, our our business is international. We are active in all parts of the world, and the orders came from all parts of the world.
1: (laughs) All righty. Well, that will have to suffice as the answer. As we know, there are very strict rules on what you can release when it comes to information, so we we totally understand. Now, that leads perfectly into my next question about, can you give us an idea on some of the bigger wins that you guys have had in the last couple of quarters?
2: Yeah first of all we we have a um, extremely broad product portfolio so we cover from 48 volt technologies up to uh, the high end of the battery electric vehicles and what i'm really proud of i will only mention one is the recent award we had with with Hyundai for an 800 volt system because that that is this high voltage part of uh, the electrification where all in all, we are forecasting that will be the major trend for the next uh, decade or so. So very happy that we got that order. The other thing is that uh, looking a little bit back, we are sitting on more than 13 billion order intake uh, for electrification only. And that's not only the typical products, the inverters and battery management systems, but also control units or thermal management. So also the traditional business units inside Vitesco Technologies taking advantage of uh, the electrification taking place.
1: What are your thoughts on the infrastructure here in Europe for battery production? Are we at the level that you would be satisfied with for your customers?
2: Yeah, the, the, the battery production, we looked at more in-depth roughly two years ago, whether it would make sense for us to to basically uh, step into it. And with all the data we had, and I can give you one example, we basically said it's, it's, it's not our world, that's not where we are coming from, we don't have the DNA, we don't have the skills to move into that uh, arena. One other reason is that we see uh, the, the batteries, especially for the high-voltage side, to be part of the car, to be part of the chassis. You, you know that they are normally built in, into the underfloor part um, of the car, and that, that is where our customers, the OEMs of the world, um, have to take uh, um, yeah, their responsibility and have to, to implement that and integrate that in into the development of a car. That's why, all in all, we decided... Um, Uh, back in 2019 that everything around the battery, battery infrastructure, battery production is nothing what we are doing. What we are doing is the electronics, so the management of the battery. It's not just charging of the battery, it's extremely difficult um, and and there's a lot of functions which are needed to control the, the, uh, the battery itself. Um, and that's what we are doing. So we continue, obviously, to work into this arena, but not the battery itself.
1: You touch on a great point, which is the the complexity of the battery. We've seen a number of recalls over the last couple of months because of fires. And thermal management and also just making sure that these batteries are functioning at an optimal level for large periods of time that's a massive challenge and i think that may be completely underestimated by the consumer um and in some levels by everyone in this in this field but it sounds to me like you folks see that as an opportunity right
2: absolutely and that's part of the bat- battery management system but also the whole complexity of an electric uh, drivetrain. so sometimes you can hear uh, now with, with going to the electrification, it's a simple product, you have an e-motor and you have the battery and that's it. Uh, that's that that's not at all true. That's that that's high technology, that's high complexity, that's also if you looked into the production, into the development, extremely interesting and, and you need very skilled people to do so. So we are not losing technology, we are winning technology. With a a different type of propulsion, that's clear, but that's also extremely challenging and extremely interesting to work into this arena.
1: So much of what you're doing is electronics-based, and so much of what you're doing requires chips, which have been in very short supply. How are you guys at Fitesco working to offset that problem, and how big of a problem has it been for you this year?
2: looking a little bit into the next uh, couple of months i would say the the underlying problem of being short in chips will 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 also go into 2022 but i hope that we don't have any additional surprises so that would mean we we see uh, that the overall situation is improving what are we doing okay we are in very close contact with our customers we manage day by day that we don't stop their production lines we fly components from asia to europe from europe to asia to make sure that our fabs are running that we can serve our customers end and end so there's a lot of a lot of momentum in the supply chain to make sure that that our customers are served can we always guarantee that it is working no not in all cases but we do everything that um, we continue to supply them without interruption. But as said, next month uh, will we'll
1: get, we'll get better. We'll continue our conversation with Vitesco CEO Andreas Wolf after this message.
0: DECO has been a pioneer in the research, design, manufacture, and distribution of essential propulsion drive systems and aftermarket services for automotive, truck, off-highway, and industrial applications for more than 115 years. Through its expertise in transferring power quietly and efficiently, DACO has emerged as the global leader in providing system solutions for heavy-duty, hybrid, and electric vehicles. Deco designs and manufactures scalable, innovative, efficient, and reliable solutions and delivers premium quality products, namely belt starter generator systems, Deco hybrid modules, and accessory drive components such as belts, decouplers, dampers, tensioners, and more. Deco solutions are driven with a purpose to continuously improve the fuel-saving, CO2 reduction, and durability of high- and light-duty OE vehicles. Deco delivers optimized NVH, noise, vibration, and harshness, and provides lifelong service with exceptional performance as the next standard in the field. DECO's world-class global distribution network services the aftermarket industry with a full offering of kits and products to meet the requirements of each local market. This is accomplished by a dedicated global team of more than 4,000 associates across 42 locations in 21 countries through continuous learning and the desire to act like owners in everything they do. DECO is making products that move the world forward, always. To learn more, visit the company's website at www.deco.com
1: We've had the great fortune to speak to chip suppliers, and we were told in the second half of this year there were going to be more chips provided to automakers at the expense of perhaps some other industries. Have you folks actually seen a better and more steady supply of chips? Has this actually happened?
2: We see um, an increase. That I can confirm that. We see also better supply for the, for the next months and, and quarters and, and uh, even uh, going into 2022. Unfortunately, the last couple of weeks, we had again those, those negative surprises which came on top. So linked to corona, linked to fires, linked to other uh, incidents in the different parts of the world. But all in all, we see an improvement. I can confirm that.
1: I almost hesitate to ask, um, are there any other items out there that perhaps are not making headlines, but that are still on your radar as things that you just have to keep an eye on?
2: The biggest challenge I see, looking to our specific situation, because the market we are in is booming, our own position in that market, I think is, is a very solid one. We know what we want to do, so we have a solid plan how to transform the company. And we have also the money that proceeds to to finance it. So that's all sounds fantastic. The only big thing is we have to make sure that we grab our part of this big opportunity and translate that into business. And I hope that we don't make mistakes here or have the wrong products or that, uh, that um, our customers don't like us because we don't behave correctly or so. Uh, standing in front of of such a big opportunity, my headache is more that's really translated into business. That's the only big thing, as you said, which will not make it to a headline, which is always in my head, and I'm checking always, are we able, are we on our way to really grab a big portion of that, of that huge opportunity which is in front of us.
1: It sounds like the dilemma you're facing is how to maximize this incredible moment, right?
2: Absolutely. That, that's a good summary, and hopefully it will also be reflected in our share price uh, when we are able to do so. And uh, yes, that, that's, that's our goal. And I can only say I'm extremely happy to be part of Itesco Technologies and being um, yeah, in, the, in the middle of that, of that challenge we have, but it's a very positive challenge.
1: One of the incredible luxuries that you have is that you get to see orders coming in and you get to have some bit of an idea of where the markets will be heading in the years to come. And in Europe, it seems that the EV is really having quite a surge at the moment. Based on what you're seeing with a global view, what are your thoughts on the market development for EVs?
2: yeah if i take the the recent developments and announcements we all have seen what the percentage of battery electric vehicles for this and that customer is um i could imagine that that um the european market will head the race at least for a for a moment because more specifically china and europe were always somehow um head to head and now with that push um ready for 55, the the European community trying to significantly reduce CO2 emission in the next couple of years, so to say. Some countries even banning um, the combustion engine. I I see an extremely strong push, uh, especially, especially in Europe. But we also will see a very strong push in the U.S. market, Um, which is, I would say, very recent. But the announcement from the American customers are very promising for us because that is what we are targeting um, in regards to electrification. So all markets move into that direction. But I could imagine that Europe takes the the first place at least for, for a certain time.
1: And I would imagine that there's also pressure on you folks because there have been a number of announcements from automakers saying by 2030, we wanna be electric only and or 2035. So that means that suppliers such as yourself who really wanna capitalize on this market, there's gonna be an incredible competition between you and your rivals to try to get a number of those contracts. Um, And you also have the time pressure. How are you balancing all of those things?
2: Yeah. First of all, when I hear all these announcements of how high um, the, the percentage of battery electric is, we will be in that specific country or for specific customers, sometimes I ask myself, how can we do that work? Yeah? Because in 2030, if we would go for 40% or 50% of battery electric vehicles. All those cars have to be developed. All those components have to be developed, have to be sourced, capacity installed, etc. How can we do that? So um, I want to make sure that we serve our customers. And when we get the orders, that we really make sure they have on time the products they need. So that's, that's one part of what I'm thinking. Obviously, the other part is... hmm. There will be competition. We want to have a, a certain part of the cake. How can we make sure that we grab um, a big portion of the opportunity we have in front of us? It's both. It's a little bit of we have to help the industry to transform. We are part of it. On the other hand, yes, there's competition. And I, like, I would like to be a bigger bigger transformer maybe than, than competition.
1: And with that, there were a lot of startups. How... Are you guys sort of separating the players from the potential players from the we-don't-think-these-guys-have-a-chance players?
2: Uh, That's a very difficult question. So we we don't have selection criteria in the sense of we like those customers or we don't like the other ones or we don't give them a big chance to to survive. But obviously, we, we have to make sure that with the resources we have, we explore best uh, the uh, the potential we have sales wise uh, etc and and we have those criteria um, and we follow them but that doesn't mean that the door is closed for smaller companies or so but yes sometimes you 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 have to decide whether you take door a or door b and um, That's part of the business, and that was always the same way.
1: Well, with that, I'm going to say thank you very much, Andreas, for joining us for the Automotive News Europe Podcast.
2: As said, it was, again, a great pleasure to meet you.
1: We reached Andreas Wolf at his office in Regensburg, Germany. If you have an idea for a future podcast or would like to be a guest on the show, please reach out to me at dbolduck at autonews.com. For breaking news, please visit europe.autonews.com. You can listen to this podcast and a wide range of others from the Automotive News Group on iTunes, Spotify, and Google Play, or on our website at europe.autonews.com. That wraps up this episode of the Automotive News Europe podcast for September 2nd, 2021. I'm your host, Doug Bolduck, Managing Editor at a Thanks so much for joining us. We hope you'll tune in again soon.